Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. We are so excited for the NBA offseason. So much that is already going on, and we're thrilled to be able to break it down right here with you. Make sure you guys do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. We really appreciate all the support that we've gotten. We're just over a month into this channel, and we are still just beside ourselves. So happy with how many people have found this useful and been uh, and been sending us some well wishes. So very, very appreciative of all of that. We've got a lot to dive into today, but I guess first and foremost, Keith, glad that you made it home safe from your uh, from your big family trip. Yeah, me too. It was a lot of driving, over 3,200 miles, uh, all told, uh, between up and back and all the driving we did around, but but well worth it. But let's, let's get into off-season stuff, because we had somebody uh, shout at us that we, we were talking too much about where I was. So, <laughs> so I'm home now. I'll be home now for uh, the foreseeable future. So let's, uh, let, let's live right, you know, some, maybe someday we'll, we won't even talk basketball. We'll just slip one in where it's just, we're just hanging out. Yeah, and, and no one will notice, I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah right um uh, i guess the <laughs> so for that one guy except for that one go. guy then Getting that, that person will be yeah. will be angry but <laughs> anyway uh the i mean the biggest news of the day came out this morning bradley beal considering requesting a trade from the washington wizards look this is right there with damian lillard like bradley beal damian lillard they've been on on high alert right we've been watching both of these guys for when do they request a trade they're probably the two most talented guys on teams where it doesn't feel like they're ever really going to get over the hump and, and put them in a spot to contend. And so people have been speculating for a long time that they could hit the trade market and that it's only a matter of time before it actually happens. And now we had rumors that Damian Lillard might consider it. I feel like it's probably not happening this offseason at this point. Yeah. But Bradley Beal, perhaps something that he's going to think about and something that could come before the NBA draft coming up on the 29th. Yeah, that that's kind of the key date, right? Because if you want, if you're the Wizards, and he's gonna do this, you want this to happen before the 29th, before the draft, because you want whatever team's trading you a pick this year, you want to kind of be in control of that pick. You don't want who they draft. You want them drafting for you. Uh, Cause this is a trade just so everybody knows too. It's highly likely, even if there is a trade, let's just say we got a uh, Bradley Beals being traded to the Orlando magic. And I'm using that because we know that's not going to happen, right. but it would be highly unlikely that that trade would be, uh, completed in this league year just because of how large Beal's salary is. And there have to be a lot of moving pieces involved, player-wise, pick-wise, and all that. So this is going to be one of those, if we get a report on Thursday at the draft of, uh, you know, there's a Bradley Beal trade and, you know, uh, it's been agreed to, this is going to be one that's agreed to and then it's going to be executed when the league year changes over in the first week of August. So it'll be one of those, it's, it's agreed to, we all know what's happening. And then a week later, the teams will actually tweet, you know, Bradley Beal's on the magic, you know, welcome to Orlando and things like that. So that's, that's likely how this goes down if this happens at all. But yeah, Beal's, I think this is Beal trying to do right by the wizards as well, that if he's going to do this, he wants them to be able to do this. I think he also is smart enough to know, we know he's a very savvy guy. He knows let's do this now. So that can build up the package offer because if you know a team picks a guy in the draft this year and it's not somebody that the wizards want that turns into more difficult to make that trade so so i think bill's trying to do right by them do right by himself 
widen that market as much as they can. Uh, Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, who had this report, mentioned a handful of different teams in there that could be interested in Beal. So it's going to be one of those where, just like we said with Damian Lillard, all 29 teams call who ultimately lands him. That probably a lot depends on what are the Wizards looking to do if they trade Bradley Beal. Well, and I think something else we need to note here is there is a massive difference between Bradley Beal requesting a trade and Damian Lillard requesting a trade, and that's their contract length. Right now, Bradley Beal is effectively on a on one year. He has one year left on his deal, then a player option. So he's at $34.5 million for this coming season and then has a player option for $37 million. He probably opts out of that and just hits free agency. So you have to look at him as a guy yeah. on a one-year contract, which does give him a little bit of ability to direct where he goes because if a team calls up, like let's say it's the Orlando Magic, right? Just again, just to stick with that example, the Orlando Magic call up the Wizards mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're going to give you all of this great stuff in order to get Bradley Beal. And the Wizards say, yeah, that sounds good to us. And Bradley Beal doesn't want to go to Orlando. He's going to say, you know what, guys? Magic, I appreciate that you're interested in me, but if you execute this trade, just know I'll play for you for a year and then I'm going to go somewhere else. And in most cases, that dissuades the team from parting with all those things. So Damian Lillard can't do that. He's got four years left under contract, doesn't have that that threat to turn to. So Bradley Beal, as much as he can help the Wizards out here, he's not going to go to just any team. He is going to direct his landing spot if he does indeed ask for a trade. Yeah, this is closer to the Anthony yes. Davis situation than it was the uh, Damon, than it is the Damian Lillard situation. Yeah. And Beal 100% barring some major injury, something we don't see coming, he will opt out because he'll also be at 10 years of service at that point. So he'll be eligible to sign the, you know, largest uh, contract you can sign uh, that year. He's projected right now, or he's signed right now for $37.3 million. That year, it's projected to be about $40.5 million in first-year salary. So he adds about $3 million in first-year salary, and then a lot more uh, moving every year beyond that. So so 100%, he will, he will uh, opt out. Um, but even if, again, like Anthony Davis, right? He opted out. He resigned. We all knew what was happening. You know, It was one of those things where Anthony Davis opts so let's all write that news, or even though you could have wrote it, and immediately resigns with the Lakers had he been able to, you know, given the free agency uh, timing and rules. But yeah, so that gives Beal some modicum of control here. He, he can direct things a little bit. Um, I just pulled it up just just so we have it. The teams that uh, Jake Fisher mentioned, um, the Toronto Raptors. We'll we'll save them though because we're going to talk something else he put in there in a minute here. Uh, Golden State. That one's been out there for a while now. Um, been thrown around. It sounds like Wiseman, the seventh and fourteenth picks. Uh, then they they probably have to be Andrew Wiggins yep. for the salary matching purposes and those kind of things. That would be very interesting. The Hawks are a team he mentions, which could be really kind of fun because they've got a lot of young yeah, guys. If that's the direction the Wizards wanted to go, you could throw a whole you know group of you know young players at them. Uh, he mentions Bogdanovich, Herder, Reddish, uh, you know, and that would still leave you with a pretty good um you know path. And then Boston. Um, Boston's going to be mentioned here, and I'm not mentioning this out of being a Celtics guy and a homer or anything like that. It's Beal and Tatum are tight, and yep. they talk about it 
all the time, completely unprompted. Um, the two of them will bring that up. They don't even need to be asked about it, and they'll talk about it. Uh, they they talked both of them how much they really wanted to play together on Team USA. As we know, Bradley Beal is not playing now uh, for Team USA as they get started uh, here in the next uh, day or so. But depending when you listen to this, um, so you know, good luck to Team USA. Let's bring home the gold. Let's not have this foolishness we had in in the World Cup. Real. You know, no 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 poor finishes. But yeah, so that that. That's the, the challenge for the Celtics becomes though Jalen Brown have to be a part of the package. Um, if he does, that gets a little tough. He's probably the best young player who's also signed that the Wizards can conceivably get in a, in a trade like this. But uh, Boston loves him too, so that become becomes a little little interesting to see. I'm not sold that they'd have enough to get Beal unless this became again a situation where Beal said, "I'm." going to Boston in two years because I want to play with Tatum and he's there long-term. Uh, but the list of players who have um, forced their way to the Boston Celtics is exactly that big. <laughs> <laughs> it's zero. So that, that makes it a little, you know, that that's, you know, unlikely that that's going to be the direction it goes, but it's, you know, we're, We've talked Damon Lillard and Ben Simmons a million times here. We're probably going to be talking Bradley Beal a lot over the next few days or a couple weeks at least, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, and here's the, here's the thing too. I, what, I, what I hope doesn't happen is Beal gets vilified in this process, which sometimes, yeah. sometimes happens, right? We see this happen where because uh, if you're a fan, like you are a Washington Wizards fan, and suddenly Beal is saying, well, I want to be traded and I only want to go to this team, this team, and this team. As a Wizards fan, you suddenly go, well, you're killing our return. I don't want what that team has to offer, or that team isn't going to offer as much. Or or if they say, I only want to go to one team, then your your leverage goes down, right? And so then maybe you're getting less in return, or you just feel spurned by the fact that the player wants out. This is not the worst-case scenario for the Wizards. The worst-case scenario for the Wizards is Bradley Beal says nothing, plays out the rest of this year, and then walks as a free agent for zero return. That is a yep. much, much bigger blow than Bradley Beal getting traded yep. somewhere else. So trust me, it's not great hearing, hey, superstar level player doesn't want to be on your team, but you would much rather have the player let you know ahead of time, hey, I'm, I'm probably going to go. That way you get something in return rather than just have the guy walk away and get nothing. Yeah, and you'd rather do it now yes. because that allows you to really set up your season for what you're, you're going to be, which is what we're going to talk about next. But also... $34.5 million is a pretty big number. That's hard to move in season unless you're taking back a similarly big contract or the team is just set up with two big contracts because what we don't see in season generally is the trades where it's two, three, four players for one because, well, two or three maybe, but but when you get into three or four, um, those are very unlikely because what ends up happening, there is one, the other team has to have roster spots to take all those players in. And if they don't, then they've got to clear out roster spots another way. So it just get, it gets very complicated to make those big salary trades in season. So you'd want to do it now. Um, and then is what, what I kind of alluded to before is it lets you set up your season for what you're going to be. So let's say Bradley Beal gets traded yeah. and let's just say it's not for another um, younger but still very good players. So whether it be Jalen Brown or Ben Simmons or somebody along that that front, if, if it's more for the asset package, like the Anthony Davis package, right? A bunch of young players and draft picks. Then if you're the Wizards, you're probably looking at it and saying, all right, are those young guys and Russell Westbrook 
and Davis Bertans, is that enough to get us to the playoffs? Probably not. So then do you start sniffing around, hey, what could we get for Bertans? Um, clearly, we know they would move Westbrook yep. if they could. Not that Westbrook is done as a player by any means or anything like that. It's just you know, $44 million this year, $47 million player option the year after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'm with you. The look on your face is like, oh, like, oh man. Uh, you know, but $91 million, right? <laughs> yeah. The next two seasons, that's that just makes it really hard. Or you could also look at it as, no, we want more of a package to win because we've got Bertans long term. We've got Westbrook for $91 million. We're not digging out of this anytime soon. We don't have a ton of young talent ready to step in. I still like Rui Hachimori and Denny Avdia, but those guys are they're they, they still need more time, right? They 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 need a lot more seasoning uh, to be what they're going to be. So I, I think what becomes very interesting um, for Washington is now it's time. If you're going to trade Beal, this is your fork in the road. Pick a path. Either you're rebuilding or you're going to try to rebuild on the fly and stay competitive. Yeah, you get a Jalen Brown or Ben Simmons in a trade, you're fine. You stay competitive. If you're fully rebuilding, then it becomes, all right, you know, that changes a little bit what you might want package-wise in return for Beal. And you kind of have to commit to one thing or another. If you're going to rebuild, rebuild. Go all the way and do what you need to do in order to jettison some of these guys off of your roster that are going to help you win games, yeah. that, that are veteran players, that, that realistically aren't going to be good or not going to still be around by the time whatever young talent yeah. you get coming in is ready to win. So you got to make sure that yeah. it doesn't mean just do a fire sale and just, hey, everything must go. You have to take your time and make sure that you get the right deal. But you have to make sure that you pick a, a, a destination here. Do we want to completely rebuild or do we want pieces that can maybe help us win now? Maybe it's important that they get into the playoffs and they're the eight seed or seven seed or something in the Eastern Conference. And maybe you can find a package that would help you at least have a shot at that in a Bradley Beal trade. I think most teams, though, in the situation that the Wizards are in, they're pro- they would probably rebuild, right? You're probably going to tear this tear this down because what you're going to get back yeah. Unless it's Jalen Brown, okay, like we can talk about that. But unless it's somebody like that, you're probably not going to be in a great spot to win. Yeah, they've always operated, though, as a team that it just feels important to make the playoffs every year versus, all right, let's really bottom out and try and win a championship by, you know, nailing the draft and all this other stuff. So, yeah, it's it's not sure where, where you know, they'll go. What becomes a question here though is we'll move on to the another guy uh here beyond bradley beal because he's mentioned in this piece by jake fisher again over at bleacher report well, actually he's been doing a pretty good we job get, before here. we get to, oh, to sure. this one yeah. we do have a little bit of news that just came out and it's you know not, not major here but uh but shams tarania reporting that son's vice president of basketball operations jeff bauer is leaving phoenix okay well, yeah so just, well that's interesting yes, especially for a team for a team yeah. that just oh. got to the finals something worth worth noting yeah and that 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 uh uh was released by the suns so yeah that yep. that is uh interesting hmm. all right yeah that that's wonder if he's joining on with some of the other change around the league yep. uh well, with another team uh wouldn't be surprising if that's the direction he he went there he, he's a guy who's been around a very long time he's worked uh for a handful of teams i believe new orleans detroit and and some others uh, throughout the course of of his uh basketball career uh yeah so the other guy we wanted to talk about here is mentioned in jake's piece and jake's been doing great work for bleacher report uh here over the last uh uh, he's done great work for a long time, but but he's really picked up and done some pretty good reporting. Is uh, Pascal Siakam? 
Um, one of the things he, he put out there is Toronto, for example, could offer a package centered on the number four pick in Pascal Siakam. But then there's the comma, and this is where, where it gets interesting regarding Siakam, who's considered available for trade by sources around the league. So that says the Raptors are at least talking Siakam. Yeah. And that says to me, right, fine, the Beal part, sure, you could start to do that. There's your matching salary. Uh, you have the pick. All right, Siakam comes in. That's one of those moves where you say, all right, this keeps us more competitive moving forward and all those things. But what it says to me with Toronto is Toronto is open to all sorts of stuff here. Uh, we know Masai Ujiri is not afraid to take big swings. It says to me, you know, all right, maybe we're moving on from Lowry and Siakam. Maybe, you know, we're going to keep Siakam and we're going to add other stuff we're going to use siakam to go add other players uh well with this um but they they've they they are a very very interesting team uh this offseason very much kind of hinges on what they do with kyle lowry and how they handle that situation but you know their team's got about 23 million or so in cap space to play with uh they're they're not clearly fully gearing up to go get Giannis anymore but uh, they're they're in you know pretty pretty good position to do some other stuff. So yeah, I think Toronto becomes a very interesting team with that fourth pick and some of the guys that they have under contract because they could either be right back in the playoff mix or they could really kind of tear this thing down and almost start over again. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of different ways they can go here. And again, Siakam thirty one point three million next season, thirty three point six the season after, and then a final season on, left on his deal at thirty five point nine, almost thirty six million. Uh, on the books there. So he'd be an interesting guy. I think somebody that a lot of teams would be would uh, want. Uh, there were rumors, gosh, it was a few weeks ago at least, that the Warriors might be interested in making a move to get to get Pascal sure. Siakam. And of course, yep. we can argue fit there. But uh, but this is a guy that would, would attract a lot of teams around the NBA. And if you're attaching the number four pick to him, you might be able to get a really solid return. I don't know. Does that, yeah. does that beat a potential, say, Celtics offer if the Celtics are, are willing to come off of Jalen Brown? For, for Bradley Beal? Um, I think Brown is a significantly better player Agreed. than Siakam. More value I think Siakam sure. also, Siakam is, he's going to be 28 right. this season, about halfway through this year. And I want to say Brown is only 24, maybe? Let me double check that. So does the four pick bridge uh, that gap? Jalen Brown is... Jalen Brown will be 25 at the beginning of this season. Oh, so that's about so a th- two and a half, three year difference. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Ancient. Uh, yeah. See how he feels after. Sp- well, he, yeah, I shouldn't say that. He did spend all those hours in the car during the uh, uh, downtime when he joined the protest in Atlanta. He drove from Boston to Atlanta right. to do that. So I was going to say, let's see how he feels after hours spent in the car, but he did it. So, um, well, I'll have to ask him next time how he did feel after that draft because uh, I did not feel very good. Um, but, yeah, I think that two-and-a-half-year age difference and I think Brown being a better player, I think that makes up a difference. But, yeah, your question then is, is that the difference between four and what else could be offered? But my guess is it would be Brown and, and players stuff. and other stuff. Um, but Boston could even get, get it to the point where it's a – big enough package then you know they could maybe even say all right you know what we'll take back uh Berton's salary you know and clear off your books and you could really kind of clear the decks and then say all right Jalen Brown's our piece and we're building around him and Washington here and and there's a lot of people who say Jalen Brown's going to be the president when he's done playing basketball yep. so that already puts him in Washington there, so there you go he'd be already set but, <laughs> but yeah it's yeah it, that is tough Siakam and four 
that that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I'd be pretty happy to start with 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 that as a package because I also think Pascal Siakam's good. Yeah. You know, I think people have gone a little too far on the uh, Siakam stuff ben Simmons with him not being good. Yeah, there is a little bit of that for sure. Yeah, because it it really is. Um, you know, with Siakam too, I think it's he had that tough playoffs against Boston where where he struggled some. Um, you know, but this is a guy who last year forty five percent. What really bottomed out for him was his shooting. He only hit twenty nine percent from three, or just, I guess just under thirty. We'll we'll be kind um, with that. But yeah, so that part really gets hard. But career high in assists, he upped his assists, so slightly bigger role that, but. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm not going to read too much into the Raptors stuff this year because the wheels came off for them this season. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Only team that didn't play the game in their home home arena Um, all year. Didn't didn't even go home all year. Right. Stuck in uh, in, in Tampa Bay for the season. Uh, All right. Let's get into a couple of little minor things before we get into the get back into the heavy hitters. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. And Jermichael Green opt out of their deals. Uh, sounds like Jermichael Green does have interest in sticking uh, with the Denver Nuggets, but yeah. uh, but we'll see what what happens there. But not a shock, I think, that either of them opted out. No, uh, Hardenstein maybe a little little bit uh, with him. I think um, you know one point seven million. He was on the second year of a two year uh, minimum. Uh, deal to his group did a great job of getting that player option uh, on that second year because that gave him a lot of control. He can at least get back to another minimum deal. We know this right. for sure. He'd give up uh, maybe a little bit of money on that, but not not enough that it's going to really matter. Um, so, yeah, so now, now he's got control over where he wants to be. And I think at Cleveland, this was probably a correct reading of the writing being on the wall of Jared Allen's here. If they draft another big in Evan Mobley, they've still got Kevin Love. Uh, Larry Nance is here to play small ball minutes. If I'm Isaiah Hardenstein, I'm pretty far down on the depth chart. Probably not getting getting in very minute, very many minutes. So Agreed. so let, let's uh you know move on. Jamichael Green, interesting name now in free agency. He could help a lot of teams, uh, as he did Denver. My guess is one of Green or Paul Millsap is back in Denver. And my gut tells me they'll probably send uh, an offer out where it's, you know. Are seven million a year or something like that for maybe two seasons? Maybe it's even only one year. And the first one to say yes gets it, and then the other guy is see you later, right? They just don't need them both. Yeah, no, they, I mean they'll, they'll send that. That'll be in the offer. They'll say it. It'll he'll, he'll say first one to, resp- to reply <laughs> one gets to reply. it. Right. Go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it could, could be it's, with, with it's that. It's going to be so, a competition. Yeah, but. Second opt out for Denver, right? Because uh, Will Barton, we already talked about that one. He opted out uh, for the Nuggets as well, and uh, we're into that time of year, right? We're going to be getting opt out news here over the next uh, several days uh, as well. So, so good stuff happening all over the league. Yeah, seen for a lot of guys, uh, the opt out date is is right before March, end of July. We're seeing a lot of opt outs right yep. there. Um, all right, the other other news here: Miles Turner, maybe headed to the Warriors. I, mean, I guess first and foremost, the the Pacers are one of the most active teams out there on the trade market uh, right now. But Miles Turner to the Warriors has been discussed. Remember, the Warriors do have, I'm not saying all these things would be added in, but they do have the seven pick, the 14 pick, James Wiseman. They've got they've got some movable pieces, and they also have a very strong desire to get better. We've heard that their star players, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, are all pushing for them to move the picks in order to get better right now. Uh, what do you think about the fit of Miles Turner? I mean, like, when we think Warriors, we typically think, Three-point shooting. Miles Turner can shoot the three. 
But for a team that drafted James Wiseman already, is it a surprise to hear them going after a center? No, not really, just because Turner fits. Um, I think he can play as a role man off of their guys. They've got so many good passers. He's shooting. I think he gives them a shot-blocking presence as well that they don't really have. And I think you can kind of almost do somewhat what the Pacers did, where you put Turner maybe on the the less – less of a concern out of the other team's bigs and let him float around and do some shot blocking and float off a guy while green can play the more primary scoring guy and be, be your defender there. Uh, more, most importantly in this whole thing, I'm going to try not to throw my shoulder out here as I pat myself <laughs> on the back. I've been saying this for forever, right? I've said it on this show. I've said it in other things that they're going to split up Turner and yeah. Sabonis this this offseason. We we are, and I'm you know being facetious here cuz I think everybody saw this coming. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it is um, you know, it's just time for that to happen. Um what I find interesting too is for the Warriors, Turner at 18 million, that's not a super hard number for the Warriors to match. Either like like, like Beal, right? Going to get him, that probably has to take Wiggins because that's you know thirty four million that you have to look at matching. Eighteen million for Turner is not the end of the world, especially where if maybe Wiseman was involved in that. That's already half of it at nine million. So you're you're basically there. You do him, Looney, and something, and you're him and Looney alone probably pretty close to being enough. Uh, so that that you're, you're you're basically there at that point. Um, you know, with that and that. That makes deals easier. Well, when you know, as stupid as this may sound, when deals are easier, they tend to happen. When they get super complicated and complex, it's just other things you have to do and make make work. So, so yeah, I, I get it why they'd be interested. And if I was the Pacers, then I could get Wiseman and a pick. I'd probably do it. Yeah, I, you know, didn't get, give it a shot with Wiseman next to Sabonis, or or you could even then turn flip Wiseman to somebody else who needs a big, and you know make it work that yeah, way. Yeah, sure. I think it makes a lot of sense for for both sides. I mean, if you're the Warriors and you're thinking about trotting out a starting lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, and Miles Turner, like that's that's pretty formidable, right? That's a that's a pretty strong yeah. starting five to throw out there. And if you're looking at things, thinking, you know what? Steph's getting older. He's still playing at an incredibly high level, but he's getting older. We want to make sure we maximize his potential to to win right now. It makes a lot of sense for them, even if you do have to sacrifice the former number two pick. Yeah, and I'm not even the the biggest uh, you know Miles Turner yeah. guy that there is out there. I just I'm not, I'm not the you know biggest fan in the world. But I think what you also um, can do to get away with that a little bit is you've got some pretty good rebounders at your other positions there that make up for probably his uh, biggest uh, glaring lack of uh, skill is rebounding. He's just not a good rebounder for a big. Uh, but, but you've got Green's a pretty good rebounder. Curry's actually a sneaky good rebounder for, for a guard. I think you know a lot of people don't know that. Uh, Wiggins a pretty decent rebounder for a wing. Clay Thompson always was. We'll find out if he still is or not. So, yeah, I, I think that one makes a good deal of sense if they if they could find a way to pull it off. Um then yeah, I, I would I would not be surprised if it went down that way. And you might be able to do that one without giving up the seventh pick. Maybe you could do like Wiseman and 14. Mm-hmm. Seven and still keep seven, and that keeps you in play for another deal or something else. That you know, that, that just kind of popped in my head there. That trade, it, it it has the ring of truth to it because you can make a strong argument for all parties involved to look at this as the best opportunity for them. Right. And, and that's where yeah. you usually see things actually, you know, happen. 
right? When when it, it makes sense for everybody to do the trade rather than because we get offers sent to us all the time from from fans saying like, hey, why don't you just trade this guy, this guy, and this guy for this superstar? Well, because that team would never do that trade. But when you look at a trade like this, you can make a real argument for why both sides would really like it. And and they have strong motivation on both sides to do something for the Warriors with their pick, the Pacers with probably Turner, but it's between Sabonis and Turner. So I could definitely see mm-hmm. this one happening. Yeah, yeah. This one feels more realistic than just, you know, when we start throwing out other crazy stuff. I'm not, I'm not I don't want to beat up on anybody because I don't even know where it came from, but this feels more realistic than Westbrook to the Lakers, sure. which just feels like there's just so many hoops they'd have to jump through to make that happen. Like that doesn't feel, you know, even if both sides wanted to, that's very hard to make happen. Yeah. Um, just, you know, for, I mean, we don't need to go through why it's hard for the Lakers to make trades for the five millionth time, <laughs> um, you know, on this show or on the Lakers nation shows, but it's just, yeah, the, this one, they, the first thing I always think of whenever I see one of these reports is, can it even happen realistically? Mm-hmm. And this one feels like you can. All right. Last thing, as we round out, what's, becoming one of our, our longest shows that we've done here on the, the NBA front office YouTube channel, but such is the case with uh, the NBA offseason. But <laughs> the Rockets, according to Shamstrania, are making are now becoming extremely aggressive, trying to move up to number one, doing what they can to get that number one pick. And they are targeting Cade Cunningham. They're trying to find out what it would cost to move up to number one from number two. Interesting. And I think this year's draft day is going to be really exciting because so many teams are looking to make moves. But for the Rockets to get up to one, like I, I, the knee-jerk reaction I've seen from Pistons fans has been, no, whatever you do, you don't trade one. We've seen in the past, your Celtics made a trade with the, the first overall pick, and it worked out fantastic. Trading the number one overall pick is not necessarily the wrong move to make, but what do you think the asking price should be for Detroit when it seems pretty clear that Cade Cunningham is the guy? Like it's not, It's not like there's three guys and any of them could really be the best player. It feels like Cade Cunningham is the consensus best guy in the draft. Yeah, it feels like uh the the Star Wars, you know, meme gif uh, famous it's a trap. <laughs> right. Like that that's what I feel like. I, I just don't do it if you're Detroit. Again, I'm going to go back to with the Pistons. You added three guys in the first round last year and then you traded for a couple other young players. You do not need a a Oklahoma City like bounty of picks coming your way it's make this one and then you're going to start filling in with veterans around those kids and start pushing this thing forward a little bit because what happens is it sounds good to have a whole bunch of extra draft picks until you got to make them all and then you got to fit all the guys in and get them all playing time and things like that i'm also very high on kid cunningham i think he is maybe the most sure thing in this class to being a very very good player um, I like Jalen Green quite a bit. That's the guy, if I was Detroit, if I was sold, Jalen Green's my guy. And then, then I could say, all right, let me steal a whole bunch of extra stuff from Houston. I'll, I'll drop back. Kind of basically what Boston did to Philly that year was they were convinced Tatum was their guy. Everybody on the planet knew Lonzo was going to, to the Lakers. So they weren't concerned about that. So it was, all right, let's move back to three, pick up the additional pick and go just to take the guy we wanted. And we saved, you know, a few million bucks a year, you know, by doing it. So I think it becomes here. If that's where you're at at Detroit, if it's like Jalen Green's actually our guy, we can drop one place. And then I would tell Houston, 
I want our pick back that they owe them. They owe a protected pick. It would start there. So I want number two. I want our pick back. And then I would ask for one or two of those Brooklyn picks. I finished watching draft draft day last night, Keith. And so I'm, I'm remembering I want my picks back. I want my picks back. <laughs> and I want Dave, David Putney. Something yeah. other. <laughs> That, that, that's yeah, how I think those negotiations would, would go down. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it. You're Troy Weaver. I want my picks back to uh, all of to, them. To, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to them, to, to the Rockets. I want all of them. You know, yeah. Uh, and then he's going to trade all his second round picks, right. uh, which he already did in the Luke Kennard trade. But yeah, so I think I think that's that's where I would start with. You're probably not getting multiple of those Brooklyn picks. And I would want the far out Brooklyn picks. I don't want the early ones. The early ones aren't going to be any good. I want the ones that are years down the line. But if that's where it is, you know that that's that's where it is. If, if you're and if you're the Rockets, if you're sold, Kate Cunningham's our guy. We bring him in here. He becomes the real face of this team moving forward. And it's that, yeah. Then go up and get him. I, the Rockets side I have way less problem with mm-hmm. on this. Go go do it. Make it happen because. You, you've got a whole bunch of picks. You've got all this stuff. Let's go. So, yeah. But this is the kind of stuff we're going to hear this whole week. Yeah. Is teams interested in trading up? Teams interested in trading back? This team, so that. There's a report. Philadelphia wants to trade the 28th pick. I think they have the 28th pick. Um, you know, for veteran help. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Daryl Morey, he, yeah. hasn't, he doesn't use draft picks. You know, I think, think the last one he used in Houston was Sam Decker. Oh. Uh, and then he didn't even, he only lasted a brief amount of time before he was shipped out. I want to say maybe the Chris Paul trade, um, but, you know, it was it was definitely in a trade. Uh, he wasn't there very long. So, yeah, it's, it's it really becomes if you're the Rockets here, go get Cade Cunningham if he's your guy. Then if you got to give up some extra picks to do it, yeah, because now now you've got your franchise player moving forward. But I, my, my guess is this doesn't happen, but, but this is what happens this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the rumors are going to be flying. And remember, always consider the source who might benefit from that <laughs> news bit getting out. Yep. Something to think about uh, as we see the rumors fly. Because remember, we've got two days between the draft and free agency really getting going. So there's going to be a ton of rumors going on. And I love it. I love this time of year. I've seen some people that are <laughs> that are like, oh, I'm getting frustrated with all the rumors. I just I just want to know what's going to happen. I love this. I love being in the thick of all these yeah. different rumors and being able to think about all the different possibilities, all the different maneuvers teams can make. It does not bother me one bit that that nothing official is happening yet because I know that's still coming. We're like we're building up to that point. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, so let, let's give a little bit of sense of that timing here as we close yep. the show. So we've got the draft on the 29th, Thursday the 29th. Um, then things will go a little bit quiet-ish uh, for a couple days on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then it's Monday this year. It's slightly different. Monday the uh, 2nd of August at 6 p.m. That's when that negotiation window opens. Or we're going to get it like Kemba Walker to Boston two days ahead. in advance yeah. of that or, you know, whatever. I mean, we know it's going to be plenty busy. So Friday will be, you know, us kind of – everybody will be collectively our – where did everybody end up in the draft? Because we know there's going to be a whole bunch of trades and all that sort of stuff, and then we go from there. Did you know, just a little tidbit, do you know how many teams hold their original 2021 second-round pick? Oh, like have man. their own pick? I'm going to say it's less than half. Five. Five? No. Five teams Five have, the, have their own second round pick wow. in twenty in the, in the draft uh, later this week. 
Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Second round picks are currency. Yep. Never forget it. True. Well, it's going to be exciting. We've got a, a certainly a busy time here in the NBA. Can't wait. And then, of course, Summer League coming right on the heels of this you know, free agency period and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I, I love it. I love all the stuff that's going on right now. We've been telling you guys for a while that as soon as the finals ended, everything about the offseason was going to pick up. And here we are. We're in the thick of it. Make sure you guys do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel so you can, can continue to get our breakdowns on everything that's happening across the free agent market, the draft, trades, all that kind of stuff. Turn on those notifications and, of course, give this video a like. Till next time, stay safe and see you.